0: This is the All About Cunard podcast with Gary Bembridge. The podcast that takes a look at all things about Cunard from a traveller's point of view. This fan podcast brings you the latest Cunard news, exclusive features, reviews and answers questions about Cunard and travelling on their magnificent ships. You can visit the site at www.allaboutcunard.com and sign up for the newsletter, Twitter and Facebook. But now, let's find out all about Cunard. Well, hello and welcome to this, the eighth of the All About Cunard podcast series. On the podcast today, we're going to be doing a Q&A feature and I'm going to take a couple of questions that either I've been sent or I've seen been asked quite a lot. Uh, I have quite a few questions so thanks to all of you who've sent me questions either by email or you've asked things on Twitter or via the Facebook page remember links for all those you can find on the blog at www.allaboutcunard.com and please keep sending those questions in. I'm going to focus on at least four questions today if I have time I'll try and cover a couple more but there's four critical ones that I want to cover today. The first question is around probably the most asked question of all which is how do I get the best fare on Cunard? Just to remind you in podcast number four, and now also on the blog, I have the key tips on how to get the best fare. So this one is probably really a follow up from that and probably just kind of more confirmation about some of those tips. One of which was of course very importantly that you sign up for the various alerts and news via the Cunard site. But the second and one of really important one I had was use a good cruise agent. And I'd actually recommended a lady called Jane Chadwick at gocruisewithjane.co.uk. And I'm very pleased to say that um, I've had some feedback from her and uh, she's had a number of people contact her, even though she's a UK-based cruise agent, but has huge expertise on cruising, huge expertise on Cunard. Uh, Someone who's not Europe-based, although Jane as a cruise agent is UK-based, contacted her and Jane was able to not only get her a great deal but get her a great deal which is gonna save her quite a lot on the fare compared to fares in her home country she also managed to make sure that all of her past passenger benefits were retained so she gets all her various status levels and you know so it is very important that even though you're in a particular country you can it seems work with a cruise agent in another country I recommend Jane Chadwick just because uh, I've been using her, you know for many many years uh probably coming up for about eight or nine years now she's very efficient very friendly very helpful and she's certainly confirmed that she can handle kind of non-uk uh based people and hopefully get a really good deal so she's really 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 worth uh, speaking to if you get a chance as i said check her out at www.gocruisewithjane.co.uk so that's a tip um, and of course if you have any other great tips about how to get the best fare, please pass them on to me because you know they will be uh, very welcome and I will add them into the podcast because it is still the most asked question. One of the things that I had mentioned, by the way, on the blog was about if you're a frequent traveler, Cunard do give discounts on certain cruises. Uh, they, they seem to have put that a little bit into hold because of the Vantage fares process. So it'll be interesting to see as they start to release more of the details of the 2014 cruises, which of course can be covered by Vantage fares, whether they still allocate on top of that certain uh, extra discounts for frequent travelers. However, still being a frequent traveler and being a member of the the World Club is very important because you get other benefits like the uh, discount on the internet, savings on buying on board and, and extra onboard credit and stuff like that. So that was the question the first question that I wanted uh, to cover. the second question was one that I kind of had asked myself but uh, had popped up is on the uh, last few days, Qnot announced a new cruise that is going to happen in October. October the 17th it's a two-day cruise leaving from Southampton going to Zeebrugge or Bruges which is the closest sort of main city and the question was why on earth are they announcing a cruise for just over a month's time now so clearly something was going on so did a bit of work and found another question which was why has my cruise in April been cancelled and basically what it is all about is the Queen Victoria is going to be taken out of service uh, from the 3rd of October. It needs some very important repairs and they are canceling a cruise. So, as I said, they have a problem, the Queen Victoria has a problem with their propulsion service and that means they can't maintain the speed that they need to meet their various cruise commitments and various ports of call, and I've had some reports that people who are on the cruise are finding that uh, they're either getting to some ports a little bit later or they're going to slightly different ports because the ship just can't, you know, keep up the pace, keep up the speed until they get the repairs done. So they've cancelled a cruise which was called the Adriatic Discovery which was due to leave Southampton on the 3rd of October. It's going to go into the dry dock and the shipyards that, that Cunard uses in Germany to make repairs. I'm guessing that the short cruise they've announced on the 17th of October will be basically a run to really check if the ship is all ship shape. I think the reason that they're doing it right now is not only because they need to get it fixed so they can you know, meet their various commitments in terms of schedules, but also the Queen Victoria is due to cross the Atlantic and head down to the Caribbean for the Caribbean winter season, the winter season obviously being winter in, in Europe and the very busy and popular Caribbean season. And I'm guessing the Cunard needed to make sure that they'd got the ship fixed and ready, not only to make that long journey across the Atlantic to the Caribbean, but also it's going to be very far away from its home port and very far away, of course, from the dry dock in Germany. So I'm guessing that's also why they've had to, had to do that. Cunard have sent out a a message yesterday as I record this to people affected by it, obviously apologizing, stressing that it's a propulsion issue. It's not a safety issue, it's just the ship cannot go as fast as it can but there's no risk to any any passengers. But they do need to take the ship out of service so that Adriatic Discovery Voyage V224 on the 3rd of October is cancelled. And what they've offered passengers on board uh, or due to board that is either a full refund um, a a credit uh, to be used at a later date um, uh, or you can try and rebook and allocate that against um, some other cruises they've got going but of course you know a lot of people are very disappointed and very unhappy because obviously people have taken that time uh, off work they've made various arrangements of course they're excited for it so that's quite dramatic, it must be quite important, but the Queen Victoria is disappearing out of service for a couple of weeks on the 3rd of October. Now if you are UK based or Europe based, though that two-day cruise on the 17th of October is worth taking a look at if you move very quickly. The prices are very reasonable. An inside cabin is about £150, which is about under $300. A Queen's grill starts at uh, a couple of hundred pounds about five hundred dollars I worked out so it's it's also a very very attractive pricing if you do have the the time it's the middle of the week so it's not a deal you obviously need to be kind of in the UK or based but it really is worth looking at but fairly dramatic story Queen Victoria being taken out of service so now the third question that I'm going to deal with is what is the best way to get off the ship or Another way that the question often gets asked is, "What's the quickest way to get off the ship?" And definitely, I think the answer to that is, is you can, of course, travel in a Queen's Grill cabin, sort of a Q1 to Q4. Especially, they get priority disembarkation. They can normally go as soon as the ship is cleared, wherever they are, whether in Southampton or Brooklyn, New York, or wherever the the, the cruise is terminating. They would always get priority as soon as the ship's cleared which can be anywhere between sort of half an hour to an hour after sort of proper docking and 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 everything uh, going but there is a very very good way which is self-disembarkation and basically what that means is you carry all of your own bags off the ship and what normally happens is from the time that the ship is cleared and passengers can start leaving the queen's Court passengers as I said normally Q1 to Q4 are the first off uh, you then if you're going to have elected for self disembarkation you can start leaving at any time from then onwards and it's very important to stress that it's any time from then onwards. Now one of the challenges depending on what grade you're you're covering is you could be on the ship waiting to get off the ship until you know quite a few hours after the ship has docked so it could be anything up to 10 10 30 uh, sometimes assuming the ship is docked at sort of 7 7 30 you have to be out of your cabin by eight o'clock. Sometimes it's eight thirty, so you've got quite a lot of hanging around to do, uh, you know. And and obviously a lot of the things on the ship are closed, so there's just a lot of hanging around. You're eager to get off. So self disembarkation is is really interesting, you know. But what's critical with self disembarkation is you have to have to be able to take all of your luggage. Yourself, whether that's your suitcases, your carry-on, whatever. Now, of course, nowadays, you know, those cases with the four wheels, you know, they're really easy to move and push along, which is the kind of cases that certainly I would use. But they're incredibly easy, uh, no matter almost how heavy your cases are. So, if you've got, you know, four, one of those, you know, invest in one of those four-wheel suitcases. Self disembarkation is so much easier; it's so much more accessible for everybody. But it is important to to really think about. You know what you take. Saying that, I think you should always enter a, a Cunard cruise thinking and bearing in mind that you're likely to use self disembarkation. You only have to decide on self disembarkation right at the end of the trip. So, so kind of the day before, sometimes two day before, depending on the cruise, they kind of ask if you want to uh, sort of request self disembarkation. So you can literally have until the day or two before we decide. The advantages, of course, when you're packing you don't have to pack and have all your cases out by by midnight uh, the day before you, you 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 get to your destination you can basically pack whenever you want to pack you don't have to worry about thinking about juggling your clothes kind of you know that, that the night before you obviously need to make sure that, that when you're going on the cruise you do still think about just how many pieces of luggage you've got and what you what you can carry uh but it definitely is really a boon as i said you can then sort of plan to say, right, I'm going to get off the ship within, say, an hour of a docking. You can arrange any pickups, taxis, or if you're uh, doing a port-to-port and you've got your car, the great thing is you get off really sharpish. You can go and fetch your car before there's big queues, big pushing and shoving. Saying that, one of the watch watchouts is if you're on one of those short three- or four-night taster cruises, which Cunard do quite a few, most cruise lines do quite a few, Many many, many, many people go for self disembarkation, and I've found actually that on the shore three or night uh, taster cruises that self disembarkation becomes a little bit crazy. I guess it 's because guests have much less luggage they 've got much more carry on and you know it's been crazy in terms of the the people pushing and shoving to get off at self disembarkation however. On any cruises of sort of seven days, fourteen days, or longer, much less people seem to elect for self-disembarkation. I guess because there's more luggage, or maybe they're much less in a rush. But you do need to bear in mind you you're going to have to leave your cabin at about eight o'clock in the morning. As I said, sometimes they push it to eight thirty in the morning to give the stewards time to clean your cabin, get ready so people can actually embark early. You know, we all want to embark early, so it means people disembarking have to get off early. Breakfast tends to run much earlier, so you'll find breakfast will run often from six o'clock till eight o'clock in the morning. You know, so basically you've got to be at your cabin anyway. So if you can self disembark pretty much around about that time, it's a great boon. It saves you kind of hanging around. You do have to watch very carefully, of course, just how much you take, but definitely the quickest Uh, in some ways I think the easiest way of getting off off is with self-disembarkation as soon as they open the gangway and make the announcements you can go but you don't have to go you can still take your time uh, potter around have a cup of tea you know whatever and leave in your own pace it's kind of for me the best of all worlds if that doesn't appeal to you the other thing though worth looking at is often uh, coach transfers or other transfers that Cunard are all organizing, particularly they depart fairly early. So if you've got a train or, or a plane or something to catch, the other people who will disembark fairly sharpish are people on a Cunard booked uh, transfer. So that's another thing worth looking at, but definitely self disembarkation is the way to go. And so my fourth question is very really related to the Queen Mary II. Just as a bit of background, the Queen Mary II in 2014 will be 10 years old. It's, it's actually quite remarkable. The ship was christened by Queen Elizabeth II on the 8th of January 2004. Her maiden voyage left Southampton. There was big fireworks, lots of celebrations, heading for Fort Lauderdale. The maiden voyage in 2004 was two weeks long. It, the ship went to Madeira, it went to Tenerife, Gran Canaria, Barbados and Thomas and arrived in Fort Lauderdale. In Florida's amongst you know again um, you know lots and lots of, of, of excitement around that the, there was a few hiccups along the way some bits and pieces had to be changed on the ship but pretty much you know ten ten years ago there was a major refit of the Queen Mary too, uh in the last year where the ship was out of service for a while and quite a lot of Changes were made, particularly decorative changes, but there's a few sort of structural changes were made, and this really is related to that. So the ship is now 10 years old. It's had a kind of a revamp and uh, an update, and I one of the very uh, loyal listeners and followers of the blog, uh, a guy called Richard, um, who's based in the US, sent me a note. He'd actually chosen to go on a crossing on the Queen Mary 2 in a very beautiful Q4 penthouse. Uh, which was their first crossing um, that they'd done uh, partly sold by uh, a video that I'd made of that amazing room when we got upgraded to that on one of our crossings but what uh, Richard talks about is having looked at and bearing in mind that at the time that they did it, the ship had just been through sort of a, a revamp and, a, and a, a tidy up was there was a couple of things that they'd found a little bit disappointing particularly around the Butler and particularly around kind of some maintenance things. The point he makes is that, uh, as I've already mentioned, the, the, you know, the the, the the suites were, in fact, the whole ship, not just the suites, everything, uh, all the cabins were redecorated as part of this refit last winter. But he felt that what he saw was a little bit shabby and is interested to know whether other people who've been on the Queen Mary too have noticed it. So, for example, in their um, penthouse, they noticed things like wallpaper on the ceiling panels, Wasn't very well done, it had kind of bubbles in it. You know, the low wattage um, lighting fixtures in the room appeared to have sort of been rather uh, scruffily replaced, you know, without really making them look very neat and classy. The, The carpet kind of wasn't well and neat and smart in the corners. You know, so they hadn't really been fastened uh, as well as they could do, and he actually felt that parts of the suite actually almost showed their age. You know, some of the lamps felt they had slightly broken shade brackets. You know, the showers sort of had uh, bits of mildew, etc. So, so he was somewhat disappointed um, because he, when he raised some of those issues to the butler he felt that there was more excuses like we're not allowed to do this or they won't let us replace that and he felt this was really strange considering you've you know Cunard obviously has positioned itself as a, as a luxury liner there was a refit done and so, so he was really war- interested in whether other people's experience was the same as whether they've seen you know the refit and the revamp and the ship not quite being as perfect as you would expect it to be particularly because it's not the cheapest option in the world uh, no matter whether you're traveling uh, in Britannia, whether you're traveling Princess Prince's Grill, whether you're traveling in Queen's Grill, you know, it is a it is a, a premium line. And, you know, there's a sense of, are people seeing the ship feeling just a little bit shabby and a little bit uh, dated, bearing in mind that it's 10 years old, but the Queen Elizabeth QE2, was 40 years old and it did look a bit creaky and but still was in fairly good neck. He had a lot of questions also around the butler service and I might tackle that in, in another time because the butler does have, Supposed to do all sorts of things uh, like packing and unpacking, you know, bringing you daily flowers, shoe shine services. But it's actually quite holds hard to actually work out how you do that and when you do that and uh, the pillow options and things like that that uh, seem a little bit kind of not really up to scratch. And again, there's a sense of is that really related to one particular butler or is it more uh, common ac- across people's experiences? So I'm quite interested to hear, obviously. Uh, as Richard is, you know, what are other people's experiences? Because we know, of course, that everyone's not going to have a 10 out of 10 experience every time. But just want to get a sense of is this a quirk, or do people feel it's more of a trend? If you look at things like the cruise boards, you get a more mixed uh, view. So I'll be really interested to hear from uh, listeners to what about Cunard. Uh, or readers of the blog. What are your most recent feelings and experiences about the Queen Mary 2 in particular? Was Richard's experience uh, a quirk? Was it fairly common? And what are your thoughts? Uh, I would really like to hear them, so please either leave a comment on the blog, email me or send me a note on Twitter. So that's then all the questions covered for today. Questions and discussions that I've got how do I get the best fare? Just reminding you about that. Reminding you about the power of, of using a cruise agent who's very strong, very connected. Uh, why have uh, not announced a new short cruise on the Queen Victoria and why has my cruise been cancelled? Some people are asking uh, and the answer to that as I spoke about was because the ship has to be taken out of service for repairs. The fastest way and best way to get off the ship and I spoke about self-disembarkation and how do people feel the Queen Mary 2 is stacking up as she heads towards her 10th birthday so that's all for now on all about cunard hope you enjoyed it again love to hear your thoughts comments what do you want to hear more of topics you'd like me to cover and you can get all those contact details via the site so until next time here's to fantastic cruising and especially if it's on cunard that was the all about cunard podcast the podcast that looks at all things cunard from a traveler's point of view Please visit our site at www.allaboutcunard.com where you can sign up for a newsletter, Twitter and our Facebook page. Until next time, Happy Cunard Travelling!